Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of JL's podcast and I am um, excited to bring you this two-part episode where I interviewed my friend Leah and we're going to talk a little bit about her um, her mental health and her journey these past few years with mental health and um, I really hope that this blesses you, um, that it helps you to build a bit of resilience. I know that mental health is um, one of those things that's really impacting a lot of people on different levels and so i hope that this blesses you and i hope that this encourages you and um, gives you a little bit more hope for your future what you're facing without further ado here is my interview with leah hope you enjoy well i think one of the things that i i admire even more now, not now, like, after we had our last, <laughs> like right now, here's <laughs> the top five things, um, is, um, like I was thinking about this driving here, I was like, you're really warm-hearted, like you have a really warmth, a real warmth to yourself, um, you speak generously, inclusively but truthfully and so you know I never really thought you hid behind facades or anything like that um, but it just seems like almost there's like another layer of, of who you really are that is coming out even more strongly if that makes sense um, you know How last time we spoke, yeah. I was like, um, well, I almost cried on the way on the car home, and I thought, how can you have gone through something, or and, and even be going through something like that, and still be so warm-hearted? You know, I mean, I know you talked a little bit about you know, surrounding yourself with positive, mm-hmm. um, um, like to make sure that there's a positive narrative inside of your head, inside of your life, um, giving yourself space to to be, you know, to go through what you need to go through. Um, but it almost feels surreal. And I don't think it's because of the lack of, I don't think it's because I like people who are vulnerable in my life. I think it's because in light of what you told me, it feels surreal that you're real. Does that make sense? Not really. How do I put this? Hmm. Like you can't believe that I would still have hope after this? Oh, I can believe. But your hope affected me in a way that no other hope has affected me in a sense when I'm talking to people who've gone mm-hmm. through a hard time. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you talk about, you talked a bit about, um, you know, at that space where you, it was just you and God and realizing um, that, you know, 
like you you've got to get to that place where it's you and God mm. and go through that and come out of that, you know, wrestle through that and for you was the realization that God was with you everywhere. Mm. Um, and the real reality to that that I came away with it with um, after listening to you that I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about who's mm. been through hardship. So the depth of that realization is deep. Mm. I don't know if you see it, but it's really deep. Yeah. Um, I think I just had quite a few encounters or I struggle to know the word to use (laughs) with God when I felt so out of control within myself Hmm. and I felt so unseen and to the level that he saw me Hmm. I had never experienced anything like that and so I think I was so moved by his intention and precision in seeing me that I couldn't help but have hope. I was like, if that is what wow. he is like, wow. I'm going to be absolutely fine. You know, like I am, like, there's no worries, you know? So, for example, you know, I think it was, must have been early on in the journey, I had the two littlies and I remember Olivia my oldest was so active so so active she was just like running around in the playroom Luke had gone to work you know a lot of times in the early days I would be crying at the table first thing in the morning and Luke would look at me and he he didn't know what was going on either and he'd be like are you gonna be okay today with the kids and because it wasn't just a one-off thing he would I'd say, I guess so, and I'd keep crying and, you know, he would kiss the girls and then he'd go to work mm. and then I'd be left at home for however many hours till he was home. Um, and so I remember one day laying on the playroom floor just crying and in my heart I was just like, God, you see me. Like, I know that you see this moment right now. Mm. What is this? Yeah. You know, like, you see this mess that is my life right now. You know, what am I actually supposed to do? So I had Anna, who was about six months old. Olivia must have been about two. And I felt like he said, get up, get in the car, pack something for Anna to eat, get in the car. And I was like, what? Like, you know, why would I do this? Anyway, so packed lunch for Anna, got in the car, and I was sitting there with my hands on the steering wheel, just, like, twisting my hands around it, going, what the heck? Yeah. You know, like, why am I sitting in the yeah. car right now? And I felt this image come to my mind of a park um, about 20 minutes away from home. And I felt like he was like, go there. And I was like, oh, really? You know, like, I don't want to go to a public place. I've been crying, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I drove there. Um got out, had a play, wasn't very significant, it wasn't whatever. I remember getting back in the car being like, oh, that was stupid, like what even was I thinking? And then I was like, God, what do I do now? 
but Olivia's hungry, I'm hungry, yeah. need to feed Anna. You know, like, I asked you if I should bring lunch and you said no. You know, like I'd had this conversation with God and I'm like, now what do we do? You know, I don't have money to go out and buy mm-hmm. lunch. Um, and I felt like he said, go to this cafe on the way home. It was a bit out of the way, but... And I was like, oh, you know, we don't have money for it. No, whatever. And I felt like he was like, go to the cafe. And I was like, oh, fine. So I drove to the cafe, <laughs> sitting there, ordered, you know, some food, whatever, yeah. paid my $20. I was like, $20, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, the... Oh, I went up to the counter about 20 minutes later and I was like, excuse me, like, our food hasn't come out. I'm just wondering, you know, I just ordered something for me. Mm. And um, she was like, oh, sorry, I'll just go and check. And she came back out and she was like, oh, sorry, your order went missing. Like, we didn't know about it. Like, oh, or it didn't, wow. whatever. And I remember, like, instantly in my mind, I was like, God, what kind of sick joke is this? Are you bringing me here so that, I literally know that people don't see me, you know, like even when I order something, people don't see me, you know, like it was that depth of aloneness. I'm just like, this is why are we doing this God? And then um, a few minutes later, the owner came out to me and she had packed up my lunch for me and made a sandwich for my daughter and a juice box. And she gave me my $20 back. And at that time, I just felt like God was like, I wanted to buy you lunch because you were having a bad day. You just have to trust me. You know, and I just remember walking out of there like I had tears, I had smiles. I just did not even know the emotion to feel. And so, yeah, like that was one moment of dozens that... I just was like, God is so practical. You know, like he's so intentional. He knows, like I love going out for lunch. Mm. I love it. Yeah. But, yeah, like he knew that we had no money. He knew that, you know, like he saw it all. He knew all of There's that. me getting flustered and he's like, I'm not there. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Um, suppose I'll, I'll ask for the people who are in close relationship with people who are who have mental illness um, and don't understand. What are some of the yes do that that you sort of noticed experience? Um, that people who are listening could probably use a little bit more of. Um, so empathy is one of the things that you talked yeah. about. Can you just like, um, yeah, just go on to you know, empathy, maybe some other yes, do this kind of examples. Things that become important. That have become important. Um, How do we help uh, them be seen? Yes. So I call these, this is something I've written about in my book, but I call them my thriving mechanisms. Mm. You know, people talk about coping. I'm like, no, God wants us to thrive. You know, he says in his word, I want you to have life and life abundantly. You know, like 
I didn't come so that you could, you know, have an okay life. Yeah. So that you could cope. Cope, yeah. It's like, yeah. So I, for me, I was like, okay, what are the things that need to be non-negotiable in my life to help Mm -hmm. me thrive? Mm -hmm. I only have nine spoons. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do with my nine spoons? Yeah. And, you know, some at different times, people like I would have maybe three spoons in a day if I was having a particularly terrible day. Mm. You know, like it might be even smaller than that. But for me, it's learning those things that help. So empathy is a big one. Um, good nutrition right. you know like it's not it, it like helps treatments but I wouldn't say it is a complete treatment mm-hmm. um, it may be for some people just to help you feel a bit better but yeah. um, with complex mental illness particularly it just doesn't even scratch the surface yeah. um, but you know like eating cleanly trying to eat as much whole foods as possible um, spending time in nature for me is just really important. So, like this year, I decided every Monday morning that one of my thriving mechanisms for this year is to go for a walk at the beach mm-hmm. and to go for a swim. Mm-hmm. So, every Monday morning, I drop my older two at school and I take my little one in the pram, go for a walk, and then I swim at the beach. And that's just my way of checking in with myself this is important, this is going to help me thrive. Mm. And, yeah, so that's been helpful. Um, Getting enough sleep. Um, Another random thing that has been really helpful has been minimalism for me. Um, In terms of not having a huge capacity. And so I was like, I don't want to take care of lots of stuff. Yeah. So I want to get rid of as much stuff as I can so that we can still live and survive and be mm-hmm. happy, mm-hmm. but so that I'm just not cleaning crap up. Yeah. Because that takes time and it's another I spoon. don't have. Yes, it's another spoon. So that was that was really helpful for me. So, like, we don't mm-hmm. live crazily minimal, but we just don't have excess in our homes. Yeah. Um, and I found that really helpful. Um yeah, and I would say talking about mental health is so important. You know, start a conversation if you're not sure about what is going on for you. It's okay to seek out help. Mm. Um, yeah, like even um, recently I've learned about the Panda line, P-A-N-D-A, so it's... Um, postnatal anxiety and depression Australia, something like that. Mm. It's a hotline you can call um, when you're pregnant or up to a year, up up to when your child's a year old, and they are just, like, available to talk to you anytime. So great. Um, And, Mm. yeah, also seeking out a good GP is really important. So it's actually really hard to find good GPs. So, like, just get curious Mm. and, you know, when you walk into a GP office, just see if they've got a filing cabinet, an invisible filing cabinet with them, or if they're actually going to listen. 
How do you spot bugs? Pardon? How do you spot? How do you spot? How do you find them? An invisible filing cabinet starting to manifest itself. Is it when people? Like so, for me, when that lady was like, "Ah, you need to get better at looking after your kids." Yeah. You know, it's like quick solutions. Yes, and if it's like I've got the prescription for right. you, this is sums up all your problems. You know, mm. Um, mm. whereas a good GP will actually think, "Ah, okay." You know, like, and work with you to find solutions. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it took me a long time to find a good GP. Yeah. I tried quite a few. Um, yeah, and also a psychologist. Yes. Clinical psychologist is preferred. Um, and if you live in Australia, you can go to your GP and... If you're an Australian citizen, you're entitled to 10 subsidised visits to see a counsellor or psychologist in a year. And so, yeah, you just say, I'd like to unlock my 10 visits, please. Um, And then you take that to the clinical psychologist and they put it through for you. So, yeah, yeah, it's just finding people that are going to see you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard part. Yeah, and being okay when I, when people don't. You know, I think I had to get to a place where I was like, mm. it's okay to be misunderstood. Yeah. You know, like, I want to feel understood by everyone. Like, I like that feeling. Mm. But this is actually not what we're made for. Or, you know, like, we live in a broken world ultimately. Mm. God's like, I see you. Yeah. And, yeah, that is enough and everyone else is just bonus, you know. And another thing I've had to learn is that God owns the bank. So, like, finances just have been a non-issue for me in this journey in terms of, like... The medication. Medication. Cost of... um, Yeah. Psychology, like in one year, I think it was like the second year of treatment that I was doing. I looked back at our statement or whatever, and we had spent five and a half thousand dollars that year on my mental health, and none of the treatments had worked. Mm. And so, yeah, like wow. And we had two young kids. I, you know, I didn't work; it's just my husband. Yeah. Um, nobody expects to have to pay that much on medical bills um but yeah time and time again like you know we go to church and somebody would slip us an envelope that they didn't know what was going on you know it would be filled with money or you know just random different things would happen and all of a sudden Mm. it would just be like oh we're actually making ends meet we have no idea how Mm. but you know it just was that's yeah. amazing yeah that's a great testimony and for those who who don't understand want to help but they're also scared because they don't know what's happening mm. how, how 
what helps them to navigate through? Yeah. I feel like empathy is one of the most important ones. Yeah, I love what Bob Goff talks about. Yeah. Bob Goff, he says, I'm not interested in who you are, I'm interested in who you're becoming. Okay. And so he's like, if we can call out in people what we see they're becoming, that is so helpful, mm. you know? Mm. And so as somebody walking alongside somebody in that, you know, feeling sad or whatever their symptoms are, just, you know, speaking about who they are, who they're becoming, mm. you know, like reminding them yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Sometimes they get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Or it gets too loud. Or yeah. Just, you mm. forget who you are when your mind is insidious and, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, when you feel disturbed within yourself, it's actually so helpful for somebody to go, that's actually not you. Mm. You know, like that's not, that's not actually you. That's yeah. something else at play here. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. And I think to just like show honour, I guess, like hold space for it's a bad day. Yeah. Honour like, the struggle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like so often we want wicked testimonies of like, mm. you know, I went through this and at the end it's like, you know, you've got this great story to tell but it's like so much of our lives we're not there yet. Yeah. We're in this middle yeah. space of yeah. like testimony. It's like <laughs> we're not quite there for it to be like at the yeah. front of church yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'm waiting for the uh, yeah. breakthrough. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, so true. The bit at the end. Yeah. Um, Where I get to say this what this is what happened. Yeah, this was the purpose of it all. Wow. And so, yeah, to just like. I think humour is a great thing to just be like, this is actually stupid. You know, like, this is unfair. And you have a wicked sense of humour. And, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah. 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 My husband and I have this joke where he's always like, "Um, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but all the best ones are. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm like, yeah, I take meds for that. <laughs> and we kind of just laugh and are like, oh, <laughs> oh that's so true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so spot too uh, soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine you'd be able to pull that joke everywhere, though, right? <laughs> People are like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. And I think what I hear you saying is that there is a, sometimes it's a lot longer than we expect it to. And we've got to be not expecting things to just magically yeah. like, be, 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 be ready for, you know, journey in, and, you know, take one day at a time sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you can't prescribe life. Is that? Yeah. Yep. Um, and not many things that are really great in life 
happen super quick. Yeah. Discipline, you know, like sanctification, all these different things that we do in life or that we journey within life takes so much time, mm-hmm. you know. And so I guess, yeah, it's just keeping on putting one foot in front of the other, you know. It's like it's not going to yeah. be perfect, it's not going to be easy, but if you can just keep going, you're nailing it, you know, like, yeah. and just to be really kind to yourself and have self-empathy, mm. you know, like I wow. remember early on in my journey, I used to be like, you know, you should be able to do this, you're, you know, you're a crappy mum, look, you're crying in front of your kids, you're, you know, you had all these different things that I was not doing, right? And then one day I just stood back and was like, oh, my goodness. I'm a mum who has no idea what's going on inside my head. Treatments aren't working. Mm. I have a husband who works full time. Mm. Like, I'm trying my best. I keep getting out of bed. I'm awesome. You know, like I was like, my perspective needed to change because I was so hard on myself. And from the moment that I actually stood back and saw myself, I was like, I'm killing it. You know, like, this is great. Wow. You know, and I all of a sudden wasn't so hard on myself. Yeah. Because I was like, you're actually doing your best. Like, there is nothing you could be doing within your capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Differently. Yeah. You know, like, the fact that you still drag yourself to the table. The fact that you still sit on the floor and play Duplo mm. or read a book yeah. or whatever it is, like, that's enough. Um, yeah. That's but, yeah, really it's frustrating learning as an adult that things take time. I think as a kid, you know, like, the concept of time is so little. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, when you're an adult, it's all of a sudden as if you learn... Like, oh, mm. I love this picture thing that says, like, being an adult is like trying to fold a fitted sheet. No one really knows how. <laughs> you just make it up. <laughs> you know, you say, this is like, how we've always that's done actually <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we yeah. all just kind of, like, make the best of what we can. We fumble. We're all Very fumblers. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, let's just fumble well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, oh, wow. You have so much wisdom inside of you. Uh, be kind to yourself. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Empathy and for yourself. A little empathy for yourself. Yeah. That's very true. Something that I learned early on in this was the impact of social media on my yes life. because you're off social media I'm not on social media good correct explain so I would find myself on Facebook or on Instagram often when I was you know laying on the couch kids were in bed or you know I was feeling particularly lethargic or whatever Mm. I wouldn't have enough motivation to read a book or to cook or to do something 
you know, productive yeah. with my time. Yeah. So I would just scroll on Facebook or Instagram. And because I was in a place of being hard on myself or not having much of a backbone to advocate for myself or see myself in a true light, I would just look at other people's lives. You know, you only have yeah. to search like Christian mom yeah. or, you know, like see your friends and they're like, you know, they're with their kids all shiny and lovely and there's me with like ugly cry face. You know, and like my kids are like, you know, crying and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm like, am I action? Did I miss the memo about like how to do this? Um, And so, yeah, like it's as if one day I was just like, oh my goodness. I've been looking at Instagram and Facebook thinking that that's actually people's realities because that's what I'm seeing. But that's actually not their reality. And I realised the way that I knew that was because when I would post things on social media, I would want it to seem as if my life was black and white. You know, as if what I put up there, you know, add a great caption and a hashtag and a filter. And nobody knows that my brain is crazy and Mm. that, you know, half an hour earlier I was you know, feeling rage like I've never understood and, you know, like different things. And so, yeah, when I realised that's what I want others to see, I want others to see me as being perfect because I I want them to see that. Mm. I don't know if I'm okay with them seeing that I'm not. And I think when we project that and other people see that, then they project that and it just becomes this back and forth dance. Yeah. And it's like, what are we doing? This is actually breeding disconnection. Do any of us feel more connected when we're on Facebook or Instagram? Potentially. Some people can do it, and I don't know how. You know, but some people actually find it a good avenue. But for me, I was just like, I don't have the capacity to be guarding my mind when Mm. I'm looking at this. Mm. And the times that I'm looking at this, it's often when I'm wallowing because I'm discontent with my reality and so I'm looking for someone else's better reality to escape into yeah or like to check in on how I'm doing you know like as a relative so like you're comparing yourself and going how's Leah doing let's have a look at another picture yeah let's look at another this is what Leah should be doing yeah or like let's look at what the standard mum with kids is doing or looks like or how they present or whatever Mm. and it's like actually it's more important that I spend my time with a few people actually seeing what being a mum having kids blah 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 is like Mm -hmm. because it's then that I will see the tantrums the snot the discipline the fun stuff the everything yeah Whereas on Facebook or Instagram, it's like, I'm only seeing that it's roses in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tried to discipline myself on it. I was like, all right, when they're going to do it for 15 minutes a day or, you know, like I tried yeah. Yeah. quite yeah. a few times. I tried to limit myself. I'm, I'm smiling because I'm trying to imagine yourself talk. 
as you're explaining this. Yes, and then I'm like, I just felt like God was like, you're not strong enough yet. (laughs) You just have to let it go. (laughs) And I was like, ah! But it's actually been so great. I have not missed it at all. And it actually makes me laugh when people talk about, like somebody will say to me, ah, you're on, you know, you're in this photo on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, what? Really? I'm on, like, how did I get on Facebook and I'm not even on there? You know, people are writing about You must have a stalker. It's funny. Um, Yeah. So I have found that in a very practical way, very Mm. helpful Mm. because it's like, ah, this is my reality. I don't need to look at anyone else's. I just need to actually be in my reality. Yeah. Um, yeah social media mm. and it doesn't mean I'll be off it forever but it's just not the time it's right just now. yeah sometimes it's good to you know go, go full nothing mm. so that you I think moderation is very hard yeah. I don't think we as a society are very good at moderation I know I'm not and so well, I, I, I really agree with you on that because um, it is easy to be distracted I'm partly distracted mm-hmm. you know having a screen open that's <laughs> the, you know it's yeah. good thing god I don't have internet on that um, but yeah it, it's so true the level of distraction um, and disconnectedness which comes as a result yeah. so, yeah. I think one of the things you do really well is you do a relationship well. Um, but I think as well that come or came at the cost of you being, you know, as you've been talking about, like cutting this out, you know, redirecting yourself, starting to allow things that are only going to help you thrive. So, yeah, um, yeah really intentional. So I think that's one of the things that I learned from you. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Thank you, by the way, for if there are any mums listening, for speaking, you know, as a mum, because mm-hmm. I don't actually understand that space. Yeah. Or like I wouldn't, you know. And I've heard predominantly men um, on my podcast. Um, but yeah, just speaking into that space because I think. There is quite a lot that's connected with being a mum mm. um, and the level of intense pressure that's on it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite heavy. Uh, from what from what I have seen, I can't quite imagine mm. how how much people internalise that because uh, there's so many parenting books where are. Uh, I mean, we ha- there was a TV show about a nanny who would go and help parents how to parent. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. Like, um, and there are these standards that are, that are set out there about you know, how to raise the perfect child, just in a sense, eating in at people's insecurities. Or mm-hmm. Maybe there's a better way and I should listen to that voice. Um, yeah. So it, to me, it's really interesting that you... You cut out all these voices and, you know, you went back to 
being kind to yourself <laughs> and then going, hey, I need to work this out. Yeah. Can't be anybody else telling me. So, yeah. Thanks for speaking to that space. Yeah. Trying to help us understand. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to talk further or anything, they're welcome to contact John Luke <laughs> through me with questions. With questions. But yeah, like, you know, I mean, they can ask you for my details or whatever you can link to it or something but yeah like sometimes it's good to just have someone Mm. see you yeah Um, yeah yeah i'm looking forward to the book too yeah the book um (laughs) thank you given that yeah happy to um given that I think that I would love to get your thoughts at some point mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. about um, resilience mm-hmm. and how to build resilience because I think that that's a big part of your journey, yeah. uh, building resilience with hope, yeah. <laughs> not turning cynical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, thank you, Leah. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.